So, Berto, I thought we would talk about the new Bo Burnham comedy special on Netflix and talk about it. What do you say? Let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, and I'm also a professor. My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I'm a dirt and sand sommelier. Rating, Berto, what would you give this out of 10? Well, this is interesting because I'm not in the business of rating comedy specials. Um, so I'm going to rate it as like a Netflix entertaining thing that I saw. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I will give it a 7. Wow. I gave it a 10 out of 10. I can understand why. Why? Well, I, I had a feeling. I was like, as I was watching, I'm like, ooh, I bet you Kirk really is into this. Why? Well, because he's like creating songs about the situation. They're very psychological and deep and, and touching yeah. And, yeah. and it's bittersweet and melancholy and it's got so many topics like about suicide and dark thoughts. And, so I can appreciate all of that. Yeah. The only thing though, the reason I rank it lower, maybe well, 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 let's get Let's get it to it later right, in terms fine, of dislikes. Fine. But I'm surprised that I'm predictable like that because I did not think I was going to like it that much. Okay. I thought it was just going to be a funny little comedy special. Did you know him before this? Well, the only, okay, so a little bit about Bo Burnham, if you didn't know him, is he started out on YouTube, and he's like 30 years old now, and so when he was a teenager, I think he would make little songs, little mm. comedy songs, like Weird, Weird Al, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm so unaware of, of that side of his life. I had heard his name, but I didn't really know. Then he was a, com, a stand-up comic for a while, and he was ex about five, six years ago, he started experiencing panic attacks while on stage. He mentioned that in the special. Yeah, yeah and he quit a uh, live performance yeah. because it was, and it was legit panic attacks yeah. while he was performing. And he started to go into other creative projects, most namely the first thing that we came across was his eighth grade. He wrote and directed the movie Eighth Grade. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Remember that movie? Well, of course I do. Yeah. And it's about oh. a teenage girl who's like into making YouTube videos and, and content. Wow, I, I didn't really make that connection. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, everyone thought Bo Burnham, yeah. the, the young stand-up comic, wow. is writing and directing a movie about a about a a, a middle school girl yeah. with insecurities, and and it, and it just nails what. Oh it yeah, we feels, love that movie. Yeah, it just nails what it feels like not only to be a human, not only to be a middle yeah. schooler, but also be to, to be a middle school girl. Yeah. And uh, so everyone's like, "Wow, Bo Burnham seems to have a lot more talent than just what's, <laughs> what meets the eye." And then he does. So I only knew him from eighth grade, and then he comes out with this Netflix special. Right. And uh, I thought. I heard some stuff about it. Like I heard it's basically like a weird owl yeah. sort of thing. And I'm not familiar with his uh, comedy at all. So I didn't really know what to expect, but in a rare instance, I actually watched it all the way through it. Usually when I sit down to watch something, yeah. I'll watch it in like 20 minute spurts. Cause I don't have time to just sit down right. and just like watch a thing. You and know? it's pretty long for a comedy. Special, yeah. It's know? like a little bit over an hour yeah. long or something. And I, couldn't stop watching it. It was so <laughs> compelling to me right. and the tone of it. But we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, I, I, would, I, I, I was thinking, when was the last time I... Because I feel like there's been a lot of not-so-great movies that's... I mean, okay movies, but yeah. not just like mind-blowing. Uh, that's true, yeah. Like, did you see Nomadland? I still haven't. I know it, it wasn't... Didn't it win the Oscar? Yeah, it won yeah. the Oscar. It was yeah. fine. 
Right. I, I don't, I mean, I didn't see it in the theater. You know, I had to watch it at home because I did pandemic. finally see the sound of, uh, the sound of metal. Yeah. Well, we watched it together and, oh, duh, yeah. <laughs> and talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. But I, I thought, I thought Nomadland was poignant and something that every American should probably watch. But I definitely wasn't walking away feeling like, mm. whoa, what a movie experience. Right. What an Oscar. Right, I right, actually, right. if I would have seen it, I would have thought, well, she'll get nominated for an Oscar, but, okay. the, but the movie won't get nominated because <laughs> this movie isn't – it's interesting. I, sure. I was, but, but anyway, so I just feel like I haven't seen anything that interesting. Nothing that I've said, whoa, that was a piece of art that mm-hmm. I'm glad was put on you know, this planet. Right. I was, and I was looking back through all my ratings and trying to figure out when the last time I saw something where I felt that way. And it would have been Cobra Kai, mm. the first couple seasons in yeah. particular. Uh, Coco, the Ooh, yeah. cartoon, and Deadpool 2. Right. But that's out of like hundreds of other things that I've <laughs> seen in the past, you know, three or four years. So I, I just thought, you know, it, it was uh, it was amazing. Rotten Tomato score, Berto. What do you, what's your guess? Um, critics or audience? Critics. Critics gave it a nine. Nine? No, out of a, it's out of a hundred. Oh, 90. A hundred percent. Okay. Wow. There we go. Audience. Okay, audience gave it a 90. 94. Okay. Now, if you haven't seen it yet, I recommend you see it, and I hope I'm not blowing it out of proportion so that you hate it. So, oh, right. you know, Berto gave it a 7. I'm sure other people don't like it. Well, let's go into No, a, no, no. I mean, a, a 7 is, as no, you know, it's, yeah. it's very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah. not like, I, I don't want people f- yes. hoping it's a 10 out of 10 for them oh, when it, it might, might not be, because if they hope it's 10 out of 10, I, I think they're going to be disappointed. They're going to be Mr. Grumpy Pants here. Well, because I think this thing <laughs> just really gets into... Uh, things that I like, and we'll get into the psychology of it in a second here. But let's talk about what we didn't like, Berto. What What did you not like about it? What brought you? What brought it what down? Brought from me a down 10? to a seven. Yeah. Well, okay. By the way, uh, while I was watching, I I literally, I guess it's probably because you said, "Hey, let's watch this and do an episode." But while I was watching, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, Kirk must be loving this." Really? Yeah, because I. I could see all the entertainment value in it, and I was being entertained. Are you not entertained? I was being entertained. The guy is incredibly talented, musically, just production values-wise, uh, storytelling, very, very good, right? And I was very impressed with his musical compositions. Now, there is an Yeah, aspect, I thought you would have liked it more because... Because of that music aspect. Well, he writes music in a... In a at least a melody form that is kind of Very, like your your yeah. your music and with the keyboard and stuff. Because I, I don't I, I don't write music like that. No, I agree. I agree. I actually could relate to all that. I mean, he he does an amazing job. I'm just saying that style. Yeah, his use of it. blue notes and like yeah. different you know key changes and stuff. So here's the the couple of things where I'm like, okay, this is all amazing, but I didn't laugh. I did. I didn't laugh. I laughed maybe a couple times, but mostly not. And so I'm like, well, is it unfair because the topic is so heavy and so maybe is it too soon? You know, it's like we've all just lived through this traumatic period. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> if I recommended to someone, I would not call it a comedy special. Right. I would call it an art project. Right, right. That is that has moments of comedy and That's fair. Weird Al style songs, but right. but definitely not. Not funny. Like I, like I, there were times when I busted out laughing. In fact, one of the, 
which I'll get into you later, like during the suicide talk, yeah. I, I was bursting laughing. It, it's not not funny. It's just what happens is this. When I was watching The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, there came a point where I stopped watching it. And the reason was I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if this is actually good for me and good in general. Is it good to basically look at all these actual real problems and basically release the valve, the pressure valve by laughing at it. Mm. And I'm like, well, maybe that is good. But then part of me felt, wait, but maybe that's not good because now we're all just like, ha ha, isn't the world messed up? Ha, well, ha, ha. well, what does inside Bo Burnham, how does it apply to that? Um, there's some of the jokes bits and maybe I'm also projecting because of his previous work, but some of the joke bits, I felt like they try to be serious, but they're not because they're purposely kind of like tongue in cheek. So when Weird Al Jankovic jokes about stuff, and I used to love the guy, it really is no stakes stuff. And and so you could penalize it, but at the same time, it's like, of course I'm going to laugh. He's singing a song about like Amish paradise. You know, it's like, it's funny. And then I'm, I guess these... Women, right, but, but with Bo Burnham, what is he touching on subject-wise that makes you feel like it's maybe not a good idea to laugh? Uh, well, for one thing, the isolation of the pandemic... And again, I'm not, okay, I'm not passing judgment on whether it's good or not to laugh. I felt like maybe, maybe I felt like, well, I don't know if this is funny or if this is depressing, <laughs> but uh, I didn't laugh. I just didn't laugh. And and even in the suicide bits, I actually got really uncomfortable with. And to his credit, when I, I basically in my head was saying, he's saying this thing about he wants to kill himself way too much and then right after I thought that he says now listen I just want you to know I, I don't really want to kill myself like he literally says that and then he goes to, on to explain the psychology of it a little bit of what's going on in his head but I was starting to feel really uncomfortable I'm like he's making so light about like killing himself putting a gun into his head all these things made me uncomfortable yeah and I could see that and if other people came to me and said actually I hated this thing because of that reason I would absolutely understand that for whatever reason for me it worked on me yeah. that the the balance, the very careful balance between talking about difficult things like suicide and pain and isolation and demoralization and oppression, yeah. while also not making it super funny. You know, he's not like a, a clown going like, leepity-beepity-bee, yeah, let's laugh yeah. at this. It It was as if... You're talking to that smart friend of yours that knows how to crack a joke, but he knows that he's taking it real seriously, too. Sure, yeah. That's what it felt like yeah. to me. He's clearly very smart, very, you know, very capable of, of weaving a narrative. Like, that's the thing. And I was really legitimately impressed by the quality of the music. Yeah. So, in many ways, like, if I were grading it on different levels, you know, I'd give it a 10 on the music, give it a 10 on the visuals, I'd give it a 6 on the comedy. You know, <laughs> yeah, but only because I didn't laugh. <laughs> well, so that's interesting. If if someone had said it's an art show, yeah. would it have changed? I think so. I think I think that's part of it potentially. The way I was I was mentally approaching it, and because I had some preconceived notions about him. Yeah. Now I didn't know about the eighth grade stuff, but I've seen a few of those videos on on YouTube, and so and and actually, there's a weird thing about it where that style of music can either be very funny to me or completely uninteresting to me. The, um, the, the joke songs style. Mm -hmm. 
And it's the same thing with Weird Al. Like, there's some songs of his that I just glaze over. I'm like, I have no yeah, interest in. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, um, and, I, and I'm probably more that way than you are, because you probably. actually really like yeah, yeah. musicals. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, some musicals I... I like, but you, some of your top, you know, five movies of all time are musicals, you know, sound yeah. music. So I thought, oh, this is not going to be for me. I don't like, I'd rather just have comedy mm. than song comedy. But I, I was gripped the entire time. And maybe it's in fact that it wasn't really a slapstick comedy special. It was like more in depth and, or more deep. Yeah. Yeah. And the songs were shorter than typical songs. They're like a minute, minute and a half, two minute songs. They, somebody, yeah. Or they would have movements within the song that kept it interesting yeah, to me. Yeah, that's anyway. true. And that last, that last sequence, I mean, we'll get into that, but that, that, I might need to bump it to an eight because of that last sequence. Well, tell me what. That whole last musical number. Which one? Where he starts saying goodbye and then all that. Yeah, like, yeah. That was really good. Like that was a really well put together sequence of melodies and transitions and you know the the double triple meanings of like yeah the show's coming to end but it's also the end of like the lockdown and it's also the end of a show it's like or the end of like the narrative everything was working for me in that and that last little bit where he walks outside and he's terrified and the very ending that very ending with where he starts to crack a smile that's all super well done right right so i mean if I was judging it by those types of things, I'd have to bump it up for sure. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. just I, I didn't plan on talking about the ending, but right, yeah, we have a, a goodbye song, kind of like Ringo singing yeah. at the end of White Album, mm-hmm. and it's you know well lit, and he's got his big beard and his long hair, and and he looks over his shoulder, and he can see sunlight coming through the door jam and he seems terrified and Mm -hmm. and that was another huge part of it for me was just how it touched on now so let me back up when i heard it was going to be about like pandemic stuff because he's stuck in a room during the pandemic making this comedy special i was just like ugh. i really from the very beginning of the pandemic lockdown i was uninterested in watching pandemic related stuff yeah there's (laughs) been movies and tv shows coming out that are set within the lockdown and it just i don't care how good or what kind of stars they pull in i am not interested in that there's something about it so when i saw this i was surprised at how much i liked it because the moments where you are reminded of him being in lockdown it really touched on this nonverbal place for me in terms of what mm, it felt like yeah. as he's looking at the door jam you just see like the 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 sense of awe yeah. that he was feeling but also the fear it's like here comes the sun is playing but there's this weird a minor underneath the whole thing <laughs> yeah and it, th- that's the way it felt for me like Wait, I got vaccinated. Other people are getting vaccinated. I, you mean I can actually leave? And I was one of the most shut yeah. down people in the world, yeah. really. Like probably top point zero zero one percent of people who were the most careful and the most yeah. locked down. And that feeling of, I, I'm so desperate to get out, mm. but I'm also, I don't, 
and I'm in awe of going to McDonald's. <laughs> I just, just, oh my God, are you kidding? But also, what is out there? You know, yeah. what's beyond, not only just virus-wise or the world-wise, but also, what is the world like after the pandemic? Because yeah. there's all these variants, and of course, there's going to be other, other viruses, other global kinds of catastrophes. It, it's the, it, it, so our bubble was punctured severely and permanently. We lived in this part of the world, at least, right? We lived in this very comfortable bubble. You know, you and I would be like, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I don't know. What do you, there was never a thought of like, well, I don't know what could happen this weekend. So I'm right. not sure what I'm doing. No, no. Like we just make plans. Yeah. Life goes on. Yeah. Things are fine. Yeah. You just hugged people. You, right. You, and then we also are, we are getting a, a bit on our older years, not old, old, but you know, and you know, uh, there's, you know there's uh, things where you're like, oh, my body's not working the same way. And now, but this big needle comes and pops the big bubble and you're like, no, 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 you're at risk. That something could take everything you liked daily and throw it upside down. Yeah. And so then you, you sit there thinking, yeah, well, what's next for the world? What's next for us? So I totally relate to that. Yeah. And then he goes outside mm -hmm. and it's typified by the crowd uh, clapping. Yeah. And he, and, and he, it, we also know that he has this, uh, this panic attack of being, right. being on stage. So, he he's he's coming out of his room, but now he's faced with that panic and that fear again. Yep. It was nice being in a room all by himself with no audience, doing comedy-like yeah. things without any fear of seeing other people yeah. and worrying about their thoughts about you. And, he, and he, there was that, that aspect of, like, I really loved that story when he's telling what happened, the lead-up to when he was having the panic attacks and then he finally got to the point where he's getting ready to go back out yeah. and then the pandemic hit. Right. So it is a really interesting story that he went through. Right. And and so he steps out and you get and, and you get this sense of we're that audience. Yeah. As as viewers. It's sort of that black mirror aspect yeah. of it. And he turns around and he wants to get back in. He wants to go back into the pandemic. He wants to go back into his tiny little hut, but he locked himself out yeah. and he's panicking and everyone's laughing because the thought is, well, crowds would think that was funny because tragedy yeah. averted his comedy, right? But he's actually going through tragedy. And then as you're watching this, it's kind of going on for a while. And I'm thinking, is this where it's going to end? But I thought that something doesn't feel right about that. And then we switch to him watching. Right. He's video. now watching himself panic as he's trying. He's back right. into the room and he's watching. And I thought, okay, that's a good ending because it's like he's not saying he's stuck out. He's saying he's watching this this performance that he did. Right. That was kind of like a symbolic ending. And then in that last, and, and I think is that how? Because he has a real straight yeah, face, very, straight very face. kind of. Um, like I don't know, blank or upset face, depressed face or something, and then that little bit of a smile, and then it yeah, ends. Yeah. So it it's just perfect, yeah, right? That was it, good. That was very good. It's just a and, and so these are all the things you didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay, what I didn't like about the show was that well, there, there was there was really one scene. There's only one thing I didn't like about it, 
when he was getting angry at himself because he couldn't get the take right. He was trying to get through this take. Which take was that? It was it was in the middle of the thing, and he he like hits himself in the leg and. Oh yeah 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 okay okay yeah. He he keeps resetting and saying okay I got okay start over right. So da 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 and then he screws something up. He's like God and he like hits himself and and then he gets really angry and he he knocks over the camera. Oh yes. And I I thought that obviously the whole thing is fake right in the Mm -hmm. sense that. It's not really spontaneous, if you will. He, you know, these are bits that he was, but a lot of it would edge on the side of, well, you could see him in the course of weeks of creating that he actually did just lay down on the ground with a pillow yeah. and just start talking. You could just yeah. see like eventually, oh, screw it. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just lay down and talk into a microphone and I'll just see what comes out of my face. <laughs> and so some all of it's obviously fake, but some of it felt more authentically fake, yeah. more authentic from him. The one where he's getting angry at himself for not getting the takes right, it seemed really, really fake. fake. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's, but maybe it wasn't. But there were moments, you're right, in contrast to that. For example, when he's saying, like, I'm, I'm probably never going to finish this. Like, okay. I thought I was going to, I'm still going, I, I'm just probably never going to finish it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you say, that is him filming himself kind of doing that bit. But I am sure he was feeling that way. Right. So he's like, so I'm basically talking to myself because no one's going to see this. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> I didn't get the sense that he came back at the end of the whole thing and said, you know what? I'm going to add a scene well, where I don't think I'm going to finish it. Well, and the genius of it is that his hair was growing over the yeah. span of the shoot so that you could tell yeah. where he was in time that yeah. he couldn't go back. He couldn't do reshoots. He couldn't do that, right. And yeah, um, was it too navel gazy? Because that's one of the criticisms. Well, okay, I guess navel gazy. Normally, musically, I wouldn't say so. The music wasn't really that navel gazy. No, not music. It was very poppy, if anything. You know, no navel gazy in the sense of the yeah. the art. Yeah, I don't think it was that abstract or any. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. I I, I thought it was. Well, navel gazing, I don't know. Maybe you don't know what navel gazing Maybe I don't get the right. Navel gazing means that you're you're staring at your navel. Yeah. You're, you're not, um, you're too self-centered, essentially. You're, you're yeah. focusing on the self too much. I see. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, yes, he was very self-centered, but in a way that didn't feel like self-centered, you know? Right. It's like. Yeah, yeah. Me, I, that, <laughs> for me, yes, very navel gazing, but. That's the whole point. It, yeah. The whole point, one of the, you have this extreme version of life that we all felt like of we're isolated by ourselves. That's the whole point of the lockdown, the whole point of the... And maybe we're biased because we are very self-centered. <laughs> right, which I'll get into as, as well. Uh, oh, oh, that was the other thing. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's where you're going because I remember when he was doing that whole bit about... Uh, but there are two parts that it was so perfect. Like one is like when he's doing the, the reactions to the reactions. Yeah. To, okay, that was one. But then the other one was just in general when he was talking about everyone's got to have an opinion. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were some really funny bits in there. I mean, you're laughing now. Yeah, I am laughing. You weren't laughing anyway. Uh, so, but I did. I thought an eight is pretty good. I gave it an eight. Remember? Yeah, that's true. 
So let's take a break, and when we come back, let's go over what I liked and how I related to it and some of the more psychology about it. What do you say, Berto? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. So I want to do an OPP for some old old patrons that became patrons back in May 2017. Whoa. These people became patrons in May 2017 and have stayed patrons the entire time. We have David from Denver. Woo. D from D. We got Dana from Austin. Yay. We got Karen from Scottsdale. Karen. Pretty sure I know Karen as an emailer. Slawa or Slawa? Slawa? From AT. What? 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 Atlanta? No. What what country is AT? AT country code. What do you think? AT. Hmm. AT. Austria. 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 Okay. So we got, thank you so much. We got Deb from New Jersey. We got Megan from California. Oh, we got nice. and we got Yang from Richmond, BC. Good oh. old Richmond, BC. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, we've had uh, some good food there before. Delicious. Uh, okay, so what did I like? Well, I liked it because it it moved really fast, and there were so many little moments of genius. It just it it didn't linger too long, and because that's something that I yeah. I'm always like, especially with music, you know me, I, my songs are like two minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Guided by voices is your... <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, why have an intro to a song that no one's heard before? You know what I mean? Like, if you're Prince, you can have an intro. <laughs> but if you're, if you're you and me, you know, it's, it's just like, just get to, the, get to the good bits, right? You know, if you're a world-renowned chef, you could have a line around the block and people could wait five hours to eat your meal. If you're just a regular cook... You just want to stuff that hot dog right in their mouth. <laughs> yeah. So you talked about so much talent. I want to go over like all the things that yeah. he would have to be extremely proficient at right. to pull this off. Obviously, songwriting. Right. And boy, is he a good songwriter. Yeah. The, no question. The melodies, the chords, the feel. Now, I'm and not going to... the rhyming. I mean, like, because he's... Yeah, the He's lyrics. making clever rhymes, you know. Yeah, the lyric writing. Yeah. is It's hard to write those kinds yeah. of lyrics. The singing, he has a very, really very cool good voice. voice. Yeah, there was a point where I was like, is he auto-tuned? Of course, there was the auto-tuned or the sure. the altered voices sure. to make it sound higher or lower in yeah. terms of timbre. But I, I thought, he is really auto-tuning the crap out of his voice. But then he would do recordings where it was clear he wasn't auto-tuning. Yeah, just he just he has a crystal clear voice. Yeah. He has one of those voices where when he decides he's going to sing an A sharp, he sings yeah, an yeah. A sharp yeah. and does not waver <laughs> from that note. And I, I'm jealous of that because I, <laughs> I, nice. I can't do that. So songwriting, lyrics, uh, singing, playing, performing – Flawlessly, because yeah. he's he has to, he has to sing those songs and, and play them on himself the, doing it. And yeah, the lighting that he Very pulled good. off. <laughs> you know, you think, oh well, it's sort of do-it-yourself lighting. <laughs> it's sort of amateur lighting. But I've he did stuff with lighting I've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen in movies. I haven't <laughs> seen in in shows. I it mean, was very cinematic. Yeah, I mean, some, some like that one scene where he he's dancing and. He had a light, and he would like flash it at the back wall, and the whole room would just light up yeah. for a second. You know, on the on the snare, yep, you yep, just go, yep. you know. 
I just thought that way. I was like, how did that happen? And then the third time, he, oh, he has a light behind his back <laughs> that he's obscuring with his back, and then he swings it out. Yeah. The editing that he did. Yeah. You have to be good on a computer Very how to good. edit all this stuff. You've got to be good at performing. You've got to be funny. You have to be interesting. You have to be smart. You have to know culture really well. Um, and he can write and direct a movie eighth grade that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, the guy can do anything. And that's what point. I was saying. Like, there is a storytelling to the special. Right. And it's it's well, it's got a nice arc to it. Yeah. That right. takes talent too. Because he could have just stitched together the bits. Yeah. And it's fine, but it, it wouldn't feel as... As much as a journey as it does. Yeah. Did it give you... Did you predict I would like it because it has kind of a nihilistic clockwork orange feel to it? No, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. No. Or maybe I subconsciously did, but not consciously. I actually... Those parts that I didn't like, the nihilistic parts, I was not thinking of you. I was thinking of me not liking those parts. <laughs> I and, and by the way, I love Clockwork Orange. So it's like yeah. when it's done just the right way and on purpose, I guess I really do like it. But I mean, American Psycho or something, you know, but but this was... But that's a di- American Psycho is a different kind of nihilism. I, my sort of nihilism is more societal nihilism rather but than that, like... But so is American Psycho because it's an indictment. Like the, the thing is a metaphor for the whole materialistic 80s. Yeah, you know? but... But it's not. He's, the psycho is us. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, but 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 I digress. The point is, the main parts that I kept thinking about you on, where and it wasn't just like a couple parts. There was a lot of things where I was like, okay. First of all, I knew you were admiring and enjoying the music. I was like, of course, it, like it, the talent and the the transitions and the chords, all that stuff. Because I was also enjoying that stuff. I thought the whole commentary about you know YouTube and being you know uh, like making your voice heard and having an opinion and then doing the reactions i was like okay that's hilarious because that's what we do and then kirk literally does reactions and i've done reactions to his reactions (laughs) (laughs) and 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 in fact i did a reaction to a fan of yours reaction of your reactions (laughs) (laughs) so i was like totally enjoying that and i thought okay this is Kirk's going to connect to this. Yeah. And then I actually, I thought that the artistic aspects and the, the visuals, because I know that you're very big into like in movies, you like the visuals and stuff. Yeah. And I do too, but I think you do more or you, you appreciate details more. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, he's really got to be into that. Yeah, I was watching it at, like I was watching a, a magic act as, yeah. a, as a magician. I was like, wait, how did he pull? Like, like let, let's talk about the reaction video, reaction video. So... I'm watching it, and mm-hmm. and and then he he's he's performs this thing, you know, a song, and then yeah. and then he does this uh, commentary. Yeah. It's not really reacting reacting to his song; he's more commenting yeah, on it, commentary. which I thought was brilliant because the song's meaning wasn't exactly clear. And right. then when he said it, it was like, oh, that's what it means. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this point where it instantly switches to now he's reacting to his reaction. But it's not a separate recorded thing. But it's not a separate recorded thing. It's the same seamless recording. Right. (laughs) So he recorded, he recorded, and so he's looking at the computer as if he's watching himself in the past. But of course that can't be true because he's in the middle of that recording. So what he had to do, and so this is the magician watching a magician thing. As a video person myself, I'm like, I'm like halfway through. I'm like, oh, I see how you have he to did have it. the whole script. <laughs> well, and he had a timer. Yep. But he would have to have a timer with beats. Yep. 
So it's this say it's like uh, forty five seconds. Yeah. And he says, okay, at the fifteen second mark, this is when this will happen. That's right. And this and what I will say the second time around will be this. And so the the third time around when I'm reacting to the reaction to the reaction, I have to I have to comment on this because I'm but I have to so I have to say it first. Yeah. And then wait for the next time to come around and then. I, so he would have to mathematically figure that out while he's watching a clock, <laughs> yep. perform it well and yeah. convincingly, and have yeah. something interesting to say at the same. Right. And you notice each time it or it each gets more meta. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it gets well. The tone shifts. You know, the first time he's like, "Oh, I kind of like this song. I think it kind of works." And then the second time, well, the song the the song part is completely um, how to, it's unself-aware. Yeah. He's just, then the first one is still not really self-aware because he's almost commenting in the third person about someone else. Well, but the first person, the first time he goes around, he's actually praising himself. Right. But the second time he comes around, Jesus, this is, this, that's pretty sad. Yeah. But then the fourth time he's like, Oh, and now I'm doing this whole like self-awareness thing to try to take away from the right. thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the brilliant nature yeah, yeah. of that bit is that he's commenting on the internet, yeah. but he's also illuminating something that we all do Yeah, where we're performing or we're at a party or we're in class or we're at work and we're trying to act like we know what we're doing. And often we probably are pulling it off, Yeah, but in the back of our mind, so, but we have a layer that yeah. we're watching ourselves. They're like, "Yeah, you're doing a pretty good job." That was, that was pretty. Good. But it's another layer like, that's oh, like, "No, you're not. <laughs> you're completely full of crap." Yeah. And then there's another layer that's like, "Well, you're only saying that because you're trying to defend yourself right. against the the terror right. of having to take the risk or something. Right. You're distancing yourself." Well, now you're only saying that because you're trying to prove to yourself that you <laughs> that you're smart enough to know what's happening. Yeah. And of you know, and that was as I was watching. And again, that bit is five minutes long, yeah. and my mind is just twisted up in knots as I'm watching. I'm it just like, very well "What is happening right now?" Like, it's a brilliant premise that's never been done before. Yeah. So that's interesting. Like, think about yeah. that. Like, well, maybe someone's done it, but I don't Not think like any. This. I don't. I can't imagine anyone pulling it off that well. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And. But it also, again, is I think that's what it worked on me in a, the art was like it was tapping into a universal psychological experience. So many yeah. things. Like when he's on the ground and he, he has his head on the pillow and he's just like, you know, maybe we shouldn't organize our entire society on capitalism that exploits everybody pretty much and destroys the earth. You know, maybe we shouldn't organize our society around that i'm just saying i'm just throwing it out there and he, he, he's like depressed he's yeah. just like laying there in a fetal position on the yeah. ground and then there's this long pause and you're thinking okay what what's he gonna do next he's like right. i'm horny <laughs> well so okay so it's funny because that's the stuff that i didn't like as much <laughs> and the reason is because it's the St. John Stewart problem. It's the oh, I see. We just we just opened the release valve, so now but we how don't many, actually ask those questions for real. But how many uh, anywhere? How many? Not only comedians, but how many anywhere are even asking the question and joking about it? Well, uh, comedians generally do that. That is what they do. They'll open up sore wounds, but then they'll cover them with sugar. Ninety nine percent of comedians, in my experience, are joking about like. Farts and all I sort. want people to open the wounds and put salt in them. That's so, what I want. So if Bo Burnham had said, here's the prescription, people. 
Here's what I think you should do. No, no, I'm not saying he's got to solve anything. I'm just saying, why don't we actually ask the question and keep the question open instead of, haha, I'm just kidding. I'm actually horny. Let's move on. And I'm, I'm, I'm not faulting him because he is a comedian. It's just that for me, I got to a point with The Daily Show where I was like, this doesn't help me. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. And I agree, absolutely, just not in the context of this. Sure. Of this sure. special. Oh, but, but I will say, so something I did love is that in preparation for the reaction to the reaction to the reaction, he actually did a bit which was about how, why does everyone have to have an opinion about everything, right? And then yeah. he did the whole thing. Why don't you just shut the hell up? Right? Yeah, yeah. And then he did his reaction to the reaction to the end. Right. It was really well, you know, structured. <laughs> so I know, and I think you do too, uh, how hard this would have been for him to pull off. Yeah. If he truly did this on, by, yeah, on, him, on his own, which it very much seemed like he did. It, And I want everyone to really appreciate just how hard, because as a content creator myself, yeah. as a musician, Berto and I, you just see all the wires and the equipment laying around, all the tripods and the all the little doodads. Yeah. You know that his computer didn't work some of the time. Nope. <laughs> you know that camera was on the fritz. You know a uh, cord was a little... But it's okay because he could run to the store and get... Yeah. Uh, so we know how hard... The, the lighting itself. Yeah. Like when I do reaction videos and when you do videos as well, Berto, you know how hard it was to not only get a camera that yep. was that was good, but to get an interface with your computer that oh, wor- yeah. that works, to get <laughs> software that works with the hardware. By the way, for one setup, I only have one setup. Right, that's if, what I'm saying. If I'm going to do anything outside of my little setup, I don't have a setup. <laughs> yeah, that was my whole point. It's yeah. like you and I were setting up one <laughs> one, one setup. Bo Burnham had <laughs> dozens of setups yeah. that he did. The lighting that you have to get. The focus, the background, everything has to, you know, right. be very well thought out. There's a lot of experimentation, trial and error, getting opinions. He did that multiple times, so that that's hard. Uh, also, think about how many takes he took. A yeah. lot of those performances were all one take. Yeah, there they were not, and they were live. I could because yeah. I'm. That's another magician watching magician thing. Is whenever I'm watching a performance, I'm like, are they? Is he really playing that? Right, and. Uh, when it seems like he is, he is. There are other times where it's obvious he's not because mm-hmm. he's it's like a montage or something. Yeah, you, you just. But that's not what he's trying to do. But a lot of it, he and and other people would never have done that. Other well, artists would have would have recorded the songs. Yeah, w- you know, in a com- the comfort of being able to do that. Then later they would have lip synced themselves. Yeah. He did not do that, and that I tremendously respect. And it was so incredible how good it sounded. Like he'd be sitting there. Just like in the middle of the room, with this little keyboard, and then he'd like press this chord, which his sound choice was great. It's like, ooh, it's nice and warm. And he's like, boom, boom, boom. And then he just starts singing, you know, like, and you're like, wow, he's actually doing that right there, right now. And then yeah. he'd pause. And then he'd start over, you know, or, and yeah. it's like, wow. Yeah. And that's his, how he sounds right now in that room. Yeah. And his voice is pristine. Yeah. Now, there's probably a little bit of effects, after effects, sure. but. But not much. No. Uh, and he was using regular Sure 58s. Well, and it's not the kind of music, at least not some of those moments. It, it, it's very plain, like his voice and a keyboard. Yeah. So, sure, you can add a little this, that. You can't hide behind that easily. Right. He so. he went in later and added some drum tracks and yeah. some other things. But but it was you know pretty 
uh, down to earth. And you notice his his microphone was just a regular Shure fifty eight. Yeah, like he did not have he had one one microphone that you know was okay, but even that microphone is probably four hundred dollars. Yeah. So just think about that. He did, he has you know just a standard stage mic. Yeah. Hooked Good up. one. <laughs> yeah. It must you must have a pretty normal preamp that's not you know, completely out of control. I think it's going straight into his computer. I don't, you know, I didn't see a lot of, I didn't see a lot of, outboard gear, you know, compression or, I I didn't, I saw. And I don't think he needs much because he creates the sounds mostly on his keyboards. Right. But so that was another thing that he did so well was the ability, because you and I know, trying to dial in the right keyboard sound that sounds good that is really hard to do. That's actually, I don't have the patience for that. I know. <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, his keyboard yeah. uh, choices, the sounds that he, because, that, you know, if you don't know out there, in all likelihood, he the, the, the keyboard he's playing, unless it's like an electric piano, it was just running a software engine on his computer that was playing the sounds. Yeah. And these, the software will come with thousands upon thousands of, sounds to choose from <laughs> and right. choosing the right one can be very hard sometimes um but anyway yeah so many takes there he would have had to have done for each performance i'm guessing he probably worked on it for like a week at a time yeah. and probably had hundreds of takes yeah and the one that we see is the one time he managed to pull it off because not only does he have to get the lighting right and he's got all these buttons he's pressing but he he has to sing it well and, and it's not just like okay i got through it it's like I got through it, and that's the take. Yeah, I look comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got all the words correct. I, you know, everything <laughs> looks right. Um, yeah, the amount of editing that he would have to do because the other thing you figure is how many ideas did he come up with that he discarded? Right. He probably has. I mean, I can't wait for the documentary to come out about how we made it because I suspect for the every Peter Jackson uh, uh, extras <laughs> footage. Yeah, <laughs> for every idea that we saw. I'm guessing there were a hundred things that he filmed yeah. and was like, eh, that's not yeah. very good. The, uh, let's see what else. Um, yeah. So yeah. What could I relate to? There were so many things I could relate to. One was the, uh, let's see, I'm in my notes content, but look, I made, Oh, that one song, the very beginning, he's like, uh, content, uh, <laughs> daddy made you your favorite open wide. Like during the pandemic, this was me Yeah, to a much lesser degree and a much less talented degree, yeah. <laughs> but the pandemic hit and either by coincidence or by maybe design was the beginning of my YouTube career. Yeah. You know, I'd al- we had all- we had always been posting crap on YouTube, right. but getting zero traction or a little, and not little, that many videos. You like you had done some videos, but hardly any yeah. videos. Yeah, I'd, and we'd gotten some traction over the literally twelve years that we had been on YouTube up until that point. But then the YouTube channel started to take off, and same same as him. Like I started off with very little equipment. I just had a regular crappy webcam right. for like fifty bucks, and. A very bad background and terrible <laughs> facial hair, you know, terrible lights. And then slowly I start to kind of figure out, well, okay, yeah. if I'm going to get, you know, if I'm going to get it, if I'm going to create content. And then 
people started wanting more and more content from right. me on, on YouTube. Because, you know, in the beginning you think, well, you know, you put out one video a week. Why yeah. would you put out more than one video? Who wants to watch more than one video a week? But the trick is if someone likes it, they want more. Yeah. And so the fans on YouTube, they want it. I, you know, for those of you who don't watch my YouTube channel, of which I know some of you are, I put out two to three videos a day <laughs> Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know any other YouTuber that does that. It's rare. It's a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> and the the same base fan base. Yeah, they all eat it up. <laughs> they, they watch all, they watch every single one of them. Yeah. And so, which is flattering and mind-blowing and humbling. <laughs> but when I first started realizing that in the beginning, I'm like, I'm on a content treadmill at this point. You know, yeah. but but I'm like, but at the same time, I'm locked in my house. What else what am else I going to do? What else am I? I have nothing else <laughs> to do. And so I was like, you know, when I was watching Bo Burnham do this and sing this song about, but look, I made you some content. Daddy, <laughs> daddy made you your favorite open wide, you know, that feeling. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, but some of the listeners call me their YouTube daddy. <laughs> have, you, have you heard that before? I, I, I've not heard that. <laughs> I've, I've, or just dad or something. Anyway. Uh, well, let's talk about that for a second, Berto. So I'm 50 years old. Of yes. course, I, I'm old enough to be some of their grandparents. Granddaddy. Yeah. But at, at some point I became old enough just by looks alone. Yeah. Cause a lot of people, they don't even know how old I am. Right, they right, they right. think I'm like 40 or 35 yeah. or something. But on the internet, they started calling me their YouTube dad or their internet right. dad. And the first few times I heard that, I and this is independently, people would say this independently, and I'd be like, oh, so I'm old now. <laughs> but I, I, I knew I was old, but it just felt, you know, because dad, you think, you know, you think old. You think <laughs> not of your generation, right, not right. of your people. Right. It's like... The way I felt about Mr. Rogers, I never felt like we were in the same cohort, you know, it's like, right. he's like, anyway. You never call Mr. Rogers like, yo, bro. Yeah. Like, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> so the tone I could relate to as well, very nihilistic, very empathetic as well, though. There was a lot of empathy. A lot of empathy. Uh, well, the nihilism was almost all self-directed. Yeah. Well, that and the demoralization of... What's happening in the world? He he would get pretty frustrated with with what's happening, yeah. And that feeling of what does it all mean, and maybe it means nothing, is something I could relate to. You know, it's it's. I don't know if you remember the content of of about half the songs I played in that show where I opened for your band uh -huh. was these topics but i was not being funny <laughs> they were all very like yeah, yeah. serious you know yeah yeah so i i think maybe maybe that was part of it too i was like yeah i know that's how i feel too but you don't see me smiling you know <laughs> but again like it's not like i didn't like it obviously i loved it yeah eight that's really know? high yeah i mean i gave it a nine well you know <laughs> but i for i guess i didn't know what you were going to give it but for some reason, I thought you were going to love it as much as I did because of the music and the tone and the do-it-yourselfness of it all. Yeah, it was it was the fact that I I don't know why I'm so triggered 
by the self nihilism. You know, that's the whole like, well, don't say that. Like, now I'm not, I'm not enjoying your show because now you talked about shooting yourself. Like, you know, <laughs> and then, and then, and it's to be like, clear, he doesn't talk about shooting himself. Well, he said I'm just gonna put a gun to my head. Yeah, and but blow it. <laughs> but he's not saying I want to kill myself. It's more. I mean, he just said I want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> but. But the other Cause, part cause I, is the, just, just, just put a cap on that. I was waiting for that to happen. Yeah. But every time he brings up the topic, which is only like like a very short amount of time. Yeah. It was never, I never received this message of he actually wants to kill himself. He, and he addressed it, like I said. He said, like, listen, I know I say that, but I don't mean it. I don't mean it, you know. And if anyone out there has these feelings, you know, know that you're loved and you should get help. So that bit, well, no, so that bit, I was laughing out loud, which I find to be extremely weird. Like You were laughing. <laughs> it, well, because he was saying it in such a funny way. I see. He was saying, he was saying, yeah, people out there. Uh, oh, you're right. It was, it, he's he like, was he, being ironic. On but it, but it was in this tone that I don't, yeah. I, I'm going to try to recreate it. Of course, this is the, one of the dumbest things you could ever do is try to recreate. I remember... When everyone watched Eddie Murphy raw, and then you were trying, and to everyone the next day was every all the other nine year olds are trying to recreate it, you know. Uh, uh, so I'm going to try to so, so everyone out there, you know, don't. When I say you know, kill yourself, if you're thinking about that, don't do it. Don't do it. It's yeah. it's just it it's it's no good. It's no good. It, I know it feels like you might be, but it's not. It's it's really not. I'm sorry, I'm not recreating. But he talks about it like you're making like it's a, a hassle. Yeah, it's a, he's talking about. He's sort of exasperated. He's yeah. also talking about it like, look, people, if you get an ice cream cone and you're <laughs> and you're nowhere near a garbage can and you want a litter, just don't, don't, just don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, it's not a good idea. He's talking about it like that. So on one level, you could say like, well, that demeans suicide. But on the other level, you kind of know he gets it because of his personality yeah. and the kinds of things he gets into. But also how – I don't know what it was about that scene that I was laughing out loud. Not because I'm laughing – I don't know what I'm laughing at. I think I'm laughing with him at a broader – experience of depression and demoralization mm, yeah. like we can we can all laugh with Bo Burnham as he is making kind of a jokey laugh about how real life can be that's what it felt like to me I felt like he's yeah. he's highlighting how real life and how life has real suffering but he's doing it in this way that he gets it, but we're also, we can laugh about it. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. No, I, I see that. I guess, you know, remember a long time ago when we did the suicide episode and I I learned a lot in that episode and I gained empathy for, for that that the things that people have to be going through mentally to even contemplate that. So, yes. However, I, I do, you know, I have a lot of pent up feelings about it and I'm thinking about it now. First of all, as I think you know, uh, I had an uncle who committed suicide, and so I, I think we we say completed. Oh, completed suicide. Committed sounds like right, a, right, right. like I a sin. Right. He completed suicide, and that to me, you know, is something you never fully get out over. And I still have the traumatic memories of my grandma being devastated. Right. Yeah. So I've always kind of like I just don't find it funny, basically. You know, to start with, I'm like, yeah, that's not funny. Okay. Second. 
And this I just came up with now because I was thinking about this. As you were talking about that bit, then I thought, oh, you know what? And I don't know for sure, but there is an ex-friend of mine who has a similar sense of humor and would have found, I think, that bit very funny. But because we ended in bad terms and I haven't seen this person in three years now or two and a half years or something, and it's still, it traumatized me a bit too. Like I'm hurt by it still. Yeah. I wonder if part of it was me going like reacting negatively. You know? He would like that. He would like that. That SOB. Yeah. <laughs> and so who knows? But all I know is that those, really those are the aspects where for me I was like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like that. I don't like what you're saying. And, um, and then there was that bit where he's singing the songs about like, oh, and then the environment is going to hell and the world's going to hell and stuff. But then it's still a joke. And that was the the bit. But see, I, you know, and I get it. And as I was watching it, I, w- I was like, oh my God, I am loving this. And I thought, but if someone else hated this, I would totally get it. Or if someone <laughs> else was mediocre on yeah. it, I'd be like, yeah, I get that. But you, you, you say that he's, you know, he's saying, oh, the, the world is ending, global warming. And then he, and you're like, but then he makes a joke about it. Yeah. I don't, that's not the tone I got from him. Maybe you were, th- <laughs> maybe you went into it thinking this is a comedy special. I did not s- see this as a comedy. I found this to be a, um, what do I think it is? I think it is what is going on inside my head a lot. I think he represented in a visual, entertaining way, what is going on inside of me often. And it felt validating. I, maybe that's what I am trying to get at, is this mm. this thing felt validating to me yeah. on an unspoken way. You know, if someone yeah. said, Kirk, you are valid for having XYZ feeling, that you know, that's great. But to yeah. have an art form that touches you right. and you feel like, oh... It's sort of like, Berto, tell me this. When you were younger, maybe even more recent, but probably when you were younger, you hear a song and you think, oh my God, that that songwriter gets me. Oh, yeah. Who was that? So I, I think we have talked about this before. So uh, one, one thing I clearly remember is, uh, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I was uh, about to move to the States at 15. And... Um, it, it was Wilson Phillips. <laughs> there, there was a song they had that summer called uh, Someday Somebody's Gonna Make yeah. It Wanna Turn Around and Say Goodbye. That's the song. Get, That's the Wilson Phillips that song. song. I was like, this is so what I'm going through right now. They get me. <laughs> just, it's just hold just on. Just hold on for one more day. Things go your way. Right. Hold up. Okay. So I was like, ah, oh, they get me. They get what I'm going through. Yeah, but isn't there an artist that you would of feel course. that way about? Well, like- then later in life, we talked about this. Um, Billy Joel's first album, Cold Spring Harbor. Uh-huh. I listened to that album and I'm like, oh my gosh, he gets me. Like, yeah. Because there's a song called Tomorrow Is Today on that album. And the whole thing is about how he's been living for for the moment, but the moment keeps slipping away, right? And and then before he knows it, tomorrow's already here. And the time keeps on ticking and blah, blah, blah. Well, I wrote a song, nowhere near as good, but I, I never even finished it. But I wrote a song in my 20s that was about um, about this concept of like, 
Every it was every minute dreaming is another day past. Another summer's gone. Now the winter's blowing down ideas, and and so like this concept of like time just goes 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 goes. I I heard that song. I'm like, oh my gosh, right? He gets it. So if someone said, Berto, I understand you are valid yeah. for worrying about time passing by quickly. You're right. like, yeah, okay. But it's another thing to hear it through an art form that touches something deeper in you. Bo Burnham, not only in eighth grade, because yeah. eighth grade touched me, you know, it's about a middle school girl in today's world, but the themes are emotional and universal. And that that movie touched me in a way that I was, yeah. I felt like that whoever this Bo Burnham guy is, he understands not only <laughs> me as an eighth grader, but me now. Yeah. And this this art, you know, this, you know, this... Uh, Special. The, the, the And one example of this is every once in a while, I think two or three times, he comes in with this Jeff Bezos song. Do you remember the Jeff Bezos yes. songs? He's like, the whole thing is just the celebration and the tone, the chord changes. He's like, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, you did it. You've achieved it. Like, See, that I like. <laughs> like, that... I did in a much lesser form when I was in high school and really throughout my <laughs> writing life. I will write songs like that. People that I am angry at, I will, or uh, ideas I'm angry at, I will write this ironic celebration of that. Mm. I'll be like, yes, you did it. Good yeah. for you. You are awesome. You are <laughs> rad. Look at what you did. Well, wasn't that when the, the party? The one about the um, the practice space. Oh right, yeah. It was open door like coke open party. Open door coke party. Yeah, yeah. It's got a little bit of that vibe. Like. Yeah, <laughs> open door coke party is a song I wrote, and it it's not a very good. I I wrote it an, to annoy the audience. I remember when I wrote the song, I'm like, I want to actually write the most dissonant song I could possibly write, or not the most, but very dissonant. And I wrote it. Um, to purposely kind of annoy people and people ended up kind of liking it. And because it's Spotify and it's the internet, it's the most requested song because it has the word Coke in it, you mm. know, because there's all these like cocaine people, I right. think that are clicking on any song related to Coke or something. <laughs> so on Spotify, open door Coke party, so, uh, my song, which kind of bothers me because it's like, if that's the first person that people would hear of my band, I'm like, that's not what I would, <laughs> that's not the first song I would put sure, forth. Sure. But anyway, yeah, in that song, I'm railing about the, you know, our mutual friends who had an open door cook party and basically, I, I won't go into the full story again, but they basically destroyed our practice space yeah. that we shared together and made it so that I couldn't get my equipment because the landlord locked the door. But anyway. But you had that kind of vibe of like, if you're not really paying attention to the actual meaning of the thing, you think you're celebrating right. open door cook party. Yeah. I um I actually took a different tact and I think I was also a younger songwriter so I was a little maybe less metaphoric but um at least lyrically musically I think I was because uh so I think you know I met James Mercer the Shins songwriter yeah, yeah. and I just looked up to him so much yeah. and the first time I met him he was super nice and everything well then I met him again because he did a little acoustic set at the Showbox the Showbox yeah and I went and I was talking to him and then we were chatting again. But this time he had gone very drunk and he started going 
making jokes at first, just little jokes about where I work. And then the jokes kind of kept coming. And, and, you know, and I take, you know, I do dirt and sand stuff and it's really, I take it seriously, but he just kind of kept coming with the jokes and then they wouldn't stop. And it was like, I went from <laughs> to like, why are you picking on me? Like, I mean, this? for you to have a, uh, someone cross that line with you must mean that, right? Cause people joke, people make fun of you a lot, but it's also because I looked up to him. Yeah. And because I get the, I got the sense that he was actually trying to hurt my feelings. Yeah. And so I went home really demoralized and sad and angry. And I wrote a song on the spot that night. And it wasn't like, you're so great. It was like, you know, um, you wouldn't last a day in my life. <laughs> you know, like it was this kind of thing. But the music was really pretty. The lyrics were not, were obviously upset. Right. Um, and that is, I can relate to that sentiment of wanting to like, put something or someone on the spotlight. Um, and I, I did like that uh, Jeff Bezos bit. That was fun. So I've done things like this project. Again, nowhere near the talent or the success or the, you know, listenability as this thing that, that Bo Burnham did. But I've been doing stuff like this. I thought about this. And this is another reason why I like this so much because I'm like, he is doing what I have been doing my whole life. So mm. we go back to I'm in the fourth grade or third grade or something, and me and my friends, we have a little tape recorder, and we would make shows. We yeah. would, but they were terrible. And I still have <laughs> the the audio cassettes. They're incoherent. I I did too. I have a tape of me doing a radio program with yeah. my cousins, right? In Spanish, of course, and it's it's so like what? <laughs> yeah, you're just like, and we're laughing. It's like, of what course. are you? What's the joke? Then you fast forward to I'm in high school, middle school, and my dad buys a video camera, one of the very first video cameras made available to regular people, and I start immediately making home videos and comedy shows and stuff, and nice. skits and lip syncing and um, little storylines and stuff. Mm. And you're just sitting in a room. You don't have any props or equipment or you just sort of make do with what you have. Fast forward maybe even just a year. And when I first get into music, one of the very first things, so I, I've probably written 10 songs by this point and I've been writing and recording for three months at this point. And I'm like, you know what I should do with my four track recorder and my very, very terrible acoustic guitar and my tiny little Casio keyboard with a sampler on it, <laughs> that's, that's worth probably like $39. You know what I should do? I should, I should make a song that is 60 minutes long, but it all blends together. Oh, wow. <laughs> like the ending of Abbey Road. Yeah. And I did it. Oh, my gosh. And it's, it has that's some, it has some moments. Yeah. But, uh, why would I do that? Wow. And I'm just sitting in my room thinking, I want to create, I want to, not only do I want to record all the instruments, yeah. and I'm not very good at it, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I also have this grand vision right. of, a, of an album, and I'm 16 years old, yeah. and I don't even understand music theory at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I have a four-track recorder that uses cassettes. You have to bounce back and forth? Did you do that? Massive <laughs> bouncing. So many bouncing. And then by the end, it's like... Noise with a yeah, teeny little yeah. bit of music. I did that too. <laughs> and, and not only did I do that once, I did it three times. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did it once when I was like 16 or 17. I did another That's time funny. when I was 
like 21 and at another time when I was like 23 or something. Th- I, did I ever tell you my, I think this might be the premiere of this story on the podcast. Oh. Story premiere, Barrett story premiere. And it's embarrassing. So everyone is a, is a virgin for this story yeah. in, until you're going to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I had, uh, my mom had a video recorder, one of those big ones that you put on your shoulder. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it took the little VHS tapes. Okay, so uh, we, me and my friends, similar to you in high school, we were starting to do little movies and videos. And we did one that was really freaking funny, That at least at the time it seemed funny, called Minority Cops in Tacoma. It was like a takeoff of cops, right? We did that. And then me and my friend Ty did a little skit. Uh, do you remember in Almost Live, the one where the Kung Fu guy would fly through the air, his kick would fly through the Absolutely, air? Absolutely, yeah. Right, okay. So we did a thing like that where we would do these crazy stupid kung fu moves and then the camera would follow our foot along to the other person's face and it was funny you know it was a bit it was with Ty Verzoni awesome alright this is the part that I've never told anyone one day I'm sitting at home by myself and I'm very horny <laughs> wait <laughs> where is this headed so I videotaped myself pleasuring myself oh M G and I thought I was using a blank tape, but I taped over Ty and my skit. Wait, give me a visual. Like, where's the camera in position? Oh Is my it, gosh! Are you? Are we talking undercarriage? Are we talking? I put the camera on a table in the TV room, and I I'm pretty sure I put a leg up on a chair and then just kind of you know <laughs> I was you know you're a teen you're exploring the world and to give you a context this is what like 1990 yeah 91 yeah. yeah and so I'm sitting there and it was a short session <laughs> but it taped over our awesome skit oh. now after I'm done you know how it happens as soon as you're done with the deed you immediately want nothing to do with sex or anything so I'm like Oh God, what have I done? So then I'm like, wait, oh. wait, 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 we got to back up. Okay. How does the germ of this idea form in your mind? Because you're horny and it's like, I want to record myself because I want to see naked people on film. I don't know. Wait, wait, no, no. Really dig down deep here because I got to understand the I mindset. Mean, you're 16 at this point. Yeah. What? What goes through the mind? I mean, I'm like. Because you're not going to share it with anyone. No, no, no. But you're going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I want to see what's up. Cause like, you know, wait, are you curious? I didn't have access to pornos, so you want to? I've never seen a porno by this point. Wait, but okay, but you want to? You imagine wanna... that? No, imagine a sixteen-year-old who can't and has never seen a porno and can't see a porno, and and this is the closest thing to the porn? closest thing to a porn. Were you thinking it would turn you on later to I watch it? I, it was turning me on to think about doing it. <laughs> You know, so then I did it. And then as soon as I was done, I was like, oh, God, what have I done? So I was like, shoot, well, I'll just throw this tape away. But then when I went to pull the tape out, I was like, oh, this isn't a blank tape. It's our tape. And then I played and saw where I taped it. And our skit starts and right in the middle of our skit. Thank you for going. And I was like, oh, this is so horrible. So plus cinematically it was terrible <laughs> so i was like all right i gotta delete it but how do you delete that back then you tape over you tape over so i put the tape in my uh in the my, in my brother's room aiming at like the wall 
and I press play or record for the, about the length of time. But you got to do it repeatedly because so- I don't know that. I don't know that. Yeah. So somewhere out there, there's a tape with sub layers of me <laughs> masturbating on it. But anyways, I tape over it and then I go in and check it. And sure enough, there's just wall. Well, you know, I'm like, cool, cool. Sweat. You know, my friend Ty like asked me a few weeks later, Hey, can we watch our, our tape? And I'm like, dude, I have some terrible news. What? I don't know how it happened, but like, I accidentally left the tape recording and it just... I like, don't know. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> Somehow I accidentally taped myself masturbating oh over... Oh, my God. So, Ty, if you're out there listening, I'm so sorry, bro. Our beautiful skit was marred by my horniness. And out there... Oh, and by the way, you know who lost this tape? Who? My June? friend Ron. Oh, Ron. I lent Ron this tape. It had minority cops in Tacoma and all these things. And he was in this one place that was apparently haunted, whatever. The tape went missing. Uh, and to this day... Wait, apparently a, haunted? What does that mean? Uh, that's a whole other story. I'll talk about that in some other episode. But uh, there is a tape out there, a VHS tape out in the world. Who knows where? With young Berto finding, <laughs> discovering porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, let's add that story to the Well, this is not going on air, right? You're deleting this. Pantheon <laughs> of Berto stories. Um, yeah, so... so I, yeah, the long song idea I did, I also would make these little Christmas tapes where I would send out to my friends of all the songs I had recorded that year. and Hopefully different content than what I was yeah. producing. <laughs> and I, well, just getting back to how I can relate to the inside Bo Burnham is I would make, in my 20s, I would make these. Comp- Epic, like. Yeah, and, but I would have these interstitials of me doing what approximated comedy like you know things in between mm-hmm. and and then i would i would i would have this idea of just like well what if i what if i recorded myself singing a song as if i was in a choir and i re- and i recorded myself singing hundreds upon hundreds of times to make mm-hmm. myself sound like a choir and then i would get like an orchestra and i would do it one instrument at a time like i felt like this bo burnham thing it had that kind yeah. of ethic of how can I do this all by myself, but make it awesome, but make it so that it kind of feels bigger, but everyone kind of knows it's not bigger. That's the same thing that happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like if I was, if I was 29 today, like Bo Burnham, I'm sure I would have tried something along these lines, you know, given my long song idea, given the fact, imagine if YouTube existed when we were 16, like yeah. you would have had a video of yourself. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, that's what's terrifying about things for kids these days. Not only can they go and see whatever, they can put whatever videos on social media. Yeah. Well, uh, then the, on, the top, on the, the flip side of that coin is that the future president of the United States right now is someone posting incredibly YouTube. embarrassing things. Yeah. And so... All politicians in 30, 40 years will have a history like that, and thus yeah. none of them will differentiate from each other. They'll, have, they'll all have something embarrassing. Right. And plus, we've already been inoculated against people having yeah. shady pasts. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the fact that uh, Obama openly admitted that he smoked pot right. was like completely different than yeah. you know, Clinton said he, in, he didn't inhale. He didn't inhale. He smoked pot, but he didn't. He didn't take it into his lungs, and then you so believable. You rewind it back to a previous presidents from that, and they would never have admitted. Oh, no, never. Yeah. So in the same way, you know. Anyway, 
Um, favorite moment, Birdo? Let's okay. that. I will say my favorite, favorite moment is the la- the, I guess it's, is it a moment? It's, it's, well, maybe it's when the last song starts. Let's call it that. Okay. When the final goodbye song starts. Because I just thought, oh, it sounded amazing. And it was like, I did feel that arc culminating. And, and it leads to an amazing ending. So I could say, oh, it's that final moment. And, but it, it really, it's that kickstart of that whole final sequence. Okay. Well, before I get into what my favorite moment was, uh, well, what do you think my favorite moment was? Okay, okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, let's see. I think it was, maybe it was when he was just looking at the camera talking about how he didn't think he was going to finish the thing. Okay. Uh, no, my favorite moment was the song that he did with a guitar. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It was like once where yeah. the it zooms in yeah. and then it zooms out. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but some other moments before I get into why I like that moment so much that people are talking about are White Woman's Instagram. That was pretty funny. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't quite love that one. Oh, I thought it was great. The reaction video, of course. The sexting song, that was pretty good. That was good. hilarious. The turning 30 song. That, that was really good. That was the one with really the light, good. yeah. yeah. Uh, the suicide talk, uh, the Twitch video stream. What do you yeah, think about yeah. that? That was, okay. Oh, okay, okay. I, oh, I forgot to talk about this. Oh, my gosh. So there's an actual video game called Inside. Uh, have, have you heard of this? Have you seen this? Have you read this? No. Okay. So there is a company that makes these amazing video games. The first one was called Limbo. and Yeah, I remember Limbo. Limbo, right? Well, they made a, another one called Inside, which I think you should play. It's such a good game. Do you have a PlayStation? No. When you come over to my house next time, we're going to play it. It's short. They and, only have it on PlayStation? Yeah, I think, yeah. Okay. But it, it's short, and you don't even have to finish. You just get the sense of it. It's such a good game. You're this boy escaping from some weird people in the woods and then jo- getting to this weird factory that seems to kill animals and stuff. It's an amazing game. Well, when he says, he starts pretending he's a Twitch streamer and he's like, well, I keep being told by people that I should do a stream about this game called Inside. I'm thinking, oh, because but when the when the special started, I'm like, I wonder if he knows. Oh, actually, in fact, when you send me a thing saying, hey, watch Inside and, and then we'll talk about it. For a second, I thought, wait, does he mean play Inside? I was like, that's kind of cool. He wants me to play it. I played it, but... But then, so when the special started, I thought, I wonder if, if he knows about the game. And then he gets to that bit, and he's saying, oh, people have been asking me to do a thing about this game Inside. So I'm thinking he's actually going to talk about Inside. Right. And then he creates his own video game, where it's just like a little avatar ru- walking around. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, press A to cry. And-, and by the way, I guarantee you he has played or knows the game, because there were little things in that that were sort of... Um, indicative that he knows that game or knows those kinds of games. Okay. Yeah. And then the Welcome to the Internet song, that was a great song. Yeah, really good. Um, But yeah, my favorite moment was the acoustic song called That Funny Feeling. I just thought it was the perfect uh, representation of this show, which for me, it has all those elements. It's sad, but it's also poignant and yeah. I guess funny and depressing <laughs> but it also has this 
voice that I have written in, in so many songs. Yeah. In fact, he even does this thing, you know, where at the end of this, so he, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then he has this end kind of refrain or bridge that's at, just at the very end. Yeah. And you know my songwriting, we've played so- some of my songs where I do that. Yeah. I have an ending that's completely different from the rest. It's like a second chorus or something. Yeah. And often it's a comment on what we've been talking about throughout the song. Right. And, you know, like I, uh, what song comes to my head that we played together where I, I did this? Oh, All For You. So, you know, the song's like, all for you, I did it all for you. And it's just yeah. like this pleading song of, I did it all for you. This right. was all for you. How come you are hurting me? I, yeah. My whole life was for you and you're hurting me. And then the last refrain is, no one... Wait, what is it? Uh, you know my lyrics better than I do. <laughs> uh, no one said, said you would wait, wait for, yeah. for me. Right, so the, so the song has this no theme of wait for me. You know, like you're, you're you driving off from me. But, me. but the ending, I, I have this new chord progression and new melody where I'm saying, look, you know what? <laughs> I'm asking you to not hurt me. I'm asking mm-hmm. you to not drive away without me. Yeah. I'm asking. I'm saying it was all for you. But you know what? No one said you were going to wait for me. Yeah. No one promised. Yeah. Where did I get that idea? Yeah. That you, that someone was going to wait for me. And this song, uh, "Funny Feeling," has the same thing. You know, that he yep. talks about all these things that are happening in the world, like the whole world at your fingertips. You know, like the internet. And the ocean at your door. Yeah. The whole world at your fingertips. You, you get that visual of like the whole world at your fingertips and then the ocean at your door. Right. I mean, it's just a beautiful line. Uh, 20,000 years of this, seven more to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carpool karaoke, Steve Aoki. What yeah. a great rhyming. Logan Paul. The <laughs> fact that he can put Logan Paul in a song lyric and it, and it sounds... Sad. It yeah. sounds, I don't know what to say, but, you know, Carpool Karaoke, Stevie Oki, Logan Paul, <laughs> a gift shop at every gun range, a mass shooting at the mall. Right. Just so good. That unapparent summer air in early fall, the quiet comprehending of the ending of it all. Just so brilliant. And then the, the chorus is, there it is again, that funny feeling. Yeah. That funny feeling. And then at the very end, he has, hey, what can you say? We were overdue, but it'll be over soon. Just wait. <laughs> yeah, I, that one I could relate to because that another one of the songs I wrote that time for your show was essentially uh, kind of a, you know, now I can't remember my own songs, but it was a similar feeling like, hey, we got it coming. <laughs> right. What? Hey, what can you say? We yeah. were overdue. We've, we've we, you know... We it's a miracle we lasted this long yeah. with nuclear weapons. Yeah, it's really kind of amazing. So the fact that it's going to end soon, well, we should be thankful. And that's the that's the part that's also maybe hard for me to like be like, okay, you know what? It, it, maybe it's this. It's like I would feel better about bringing levity to it if, as a society, we were constantly having the actual conversations. I guess part of this is I've seen other videos of him being interviewed on YouTube in shows and he does the same thing where he'll make this really, really serious point. And at the very last second, 
at the end of his point, he'll deflate it all with a joke. Oh, I haven't seen that. And I think, I'm like, oh man, you had me. And then like, now we're okay. We're, we're back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And, and uh, you know what? I'm also probably identifying because you know, that's what I do, right? That's part of my personality is I cover up the reality with humor. Hmm. But I guess my, my hypocrisy goes only so far. So, so now you're supposed to make a joke. That's my tombstone quote. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to end today's episode with my cover that I recorded today. You recorded a cover? Of Funny Feeling, yeah. Oh, nice. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, let's do it. Stunning 8K resolution meditation app. In honor of the revolution, it's half off at the gap. Female Colonel Sanders, easy answer, civil war. The whole world at your fingertips, the ocean at your door. There it is again, that funny feeling. That funny feeling There it is again That funny feeling That funny feeling Live action Lion King The Pepsi halftime show 20,000 years of this Seven more to go Carpool Karaoke, Steve Aoki, Logan Paul A gift shop at the gun range, a mass shooting at the mall There it is again, that funny feeling That funny feeling There it is again, that funny feeling that funny feeling Total disassociation Fully out your mind Googling derealization Hating what you find That unapparent summer air In early fall The quiet comprehending of the ending of it all There it is again That funny feeling That funny feeling There it is again That funny feeling That funny feeling Hey, what can you say? We were overdue but it'll be over soon You wait Hey, what can you say? We were overdue But it'll be over soon You wait Hey, what can you say? We were overdue But it'll be over soon What can you say? 
we were overdue But it'll be over soon You wait Hey, what can you say? We were overdue But it'll be over soon You wait Hey, what can you say? We were overdue But it'll be over